Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. Institution that we as Christians can take for granted is a sacred institution called the home. Uh, before a, govern- a government is built, before a community is organized, before a town is formed, families are started. You know, the history of man has now continued all these years, decades and centuries, due to the continuation of families. And that's why we have the human population today. And and that's why our uh, history continues on, because of families. God made it very clear to Adam and Eve what they were to do. And the Bible says in Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. Meaning, make sure you have children. Make sure you have grandchildren. Make sure you replenish the earth. Make sure you have a bigger population. And God instructed the same when only one family was left on the earth after the flood. He instructed Noah and his sons in Genesis 9.1, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And we know that all nations that we know today can be traced back to three categories or three people or three people group, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, we see three regions of eastern region, Asia, western region, Europe and America, and, and southern region, which is Africa. So as we think about history, as we think about the biblical evidence, we see that families have started nations, families have started different empires, and families have started even a different uh, uh, government. So throughout history, one major cause for every empire and every nation in history for, for being built, and also even falling, was based on the condition of the home. And as much as a nation is built through families, uh, we see that nations could be deteriorated and also uh, find destruction because uh, the home has lost its value. The home has lost its morale. There was a study done comparing the fall of Rome and the present condition of America. History does repeat itself. And nothing is new under the sun, as Ecclesiastes says. The fall of Rome was contributed to many reasons, such as corrupt government, class warfare, invasion of foreign citizens, and and expansion of government. But one applicable cause of the fall of Rome gives us warning today. The study reads, there was a continual decline in ethics and values, which led to decline in morale, and also which led to the destruction of family. It was not common to have two-parent household. And I believe America is facing the same decline of ethics, values, and morals today. And families are hurting And the devil knows this very well, and he has done it many times. And even in the beginning, the devil wanted to uh, uh, bring a division between Eve and Adam. And devil wanted to reach out to Eve first so that Eve could offer the forbidden fruit 
to her husband. You see, the devil wishes to fight the home and divide marriages that way. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, and uh, uh, this application is to the physical purity of marriage. That's the interpretation of it. But I believe there's a good side application here as well. Let's look at verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Defraud ye not one another, except ye be consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to what? Fasting and prayer, and come together again, that who? Satan, tempt you not for incontinency. You know, this, this is referring to the physical period of marriage I mentioned before, but the application is very clear. The devil wishes to tempt the Christian husband and the Christian wife. And what the wife and the husband need to do when they are tempted and when they're going through some trials and, and when they're even going through some indifferences, the Bible says we need to pray and fast. We need to submit ourselves to God. And when we do so, who will flee from us? The devil will flee from us. But it's very clear that the devil wants his foot in your household. The recent Supreme Court decision is not only an attack to religious freedom, but it's an attack on the home. And now the government wants to tell our children and our great uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren that same-sex marriage is honorable and and even respectable. And that's what the devil wants. And that's what he is doing in the higher seat of power and split up the families, influence the children, lie to the future generation. And uh, by the way, when I was in high school, uh, 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 senior in high school, uh, I was in a, uh, uh, a history class learning about uh, government and political things. And, and uh, as I was learning uh, 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 some uh, different uh, uh, structures of government, uh, about senators and about House of Representatives and about different laws, and, and uh, uh, one project that uh, the teacher gave, it was a fun one, is to draw a caricature. And uh, I'm sure you have seen many newspaper articles of different cartoons of political leaders and, and the issues of the day. And, and uh, uh, I think this was somewhat rising up. And, uh, you know, uh, the uh, 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 homosexual rights were uh, somewhat rising up at that time. And, and also on the same page, they were trying to adopt children. So uh, I was uh, uh, not even a Christian at that time. I wasn't even born again, but I was going to church. So... I, I did a little caricature, a, a little cartoon, I used to be an artist, and uh, about, uh, 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 about this man uh, uh, who was uh, wearing an apron and then uh, 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 wearing an earring on the right ear, and, and, uh, and, 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 and this uh, uh, boy comes up with his backpack and, and, uh, and had a sign that said, Adopted. And I remember we talked about that in the classroom. It was shown to all the uh, uh, students out there. And I believe it was in any way uh, 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 non-offensive. Okay. Because for even my generation at that time, they were thinking, I don't know about that. You know, this is something weird. But amazingly now, uh, it's been 16 years and uh, 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 we have same-sex marriage uh, constituted and by the Supreme Court. And, 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 and by the way, the very first state uh, who proposed and, and passed a law for uh, legalizing uh, same-sex marriage was Massachusetts, and that was back in 2004. What happened after 11 years? 
Just after a little bit of a decade, now the Supreme Court is saying it's constitutional. And uh, I'm just telling you, my friend, the devil is fervently working in this country and is fervently trying to go against the family and trying to redefine what the family is. And pastor told me, our senior pastor, uh, 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 let us know in the staff meeting, and since after the same-sex marriage uh, was legalized, now uh, this man wants to have his own right to be a polygamist. You see, what this, uh, 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 these five justices have done was to open up more doors for wickedness and, and for more sinfulness and, and, and also redefine, uh, redefining what a family should be. And it could be more than a husband and a wife and, and, uh, and children. It could be more than that. It could be two wives, three wives. It could be same sex and it could be same gender. And it could be maybe even dogs in the future. I'm not sure. We live in a very wicked day, and uh, our families are being attacked by the fiery darts of the devil. By the way, in that same chapter of the fiery darts in Ephesians chapter 6 there, Apostle Paul talks about the home. And I'm sorry, chapter 5 and chapter 6 all together there. Talks about the home and talks about parenting, talks about a uh, 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 husband and wife situation and talks about all that. And I'm just telling you, the devil wants to fight not only the church and, and not only the, uh, uh, the Christianity as a whole, but wants to fight within the home. There is a spiritual warfare against the home. Read about all the examples in the Bible. Abraham and, Abraham and Sarah, uh, Sarah's twisted idea of getting Hagar to fulfill God's promise. And uh, even biblical evidence shows that the devil wants to get his foot in there. And Isaiah, Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Esau, house of favoritism. And, and uh, you might think that's not a very uh, a terrible thing, but it divided a family. And, and also one son wanted to kill another for this. And Jacob's family, that's a long story, sin after sin after sin, and full of hatred and betrayal. And David's family, adultery, incest, murder, and death. And Job's family, wife, curse God and die, she said to Job. And, and also unstable children. Yes, there are some good things about the family families uh, of these people in the Bible, but we cannot ignore that spiritual warfare uh, 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 was uh, uh, very fervent within their homes. And, and we need to also be warned today that the devil has not changed and he wants to fight you and he wants to fight your marriage. He wants to fight against your children. Oh, the wicked one will fight against us. World and lust will fight against the family. The flesh will fight against the family. And question for us this morning, how is our family doing? How is our children doing? How is our marriage? How are we handling the spiritual warfare? By the way, the spiritual warfare just doesn't happen overnight. It builds up. It's very subtle at first. But it gets to be bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we have a story of Moses and Aaron and Miriam in the passage that we just read in the beginning. And there were brothers and sisters, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Their family had been blessed by God to take great part in the Exodus. Moses, the man of God who saw God at the burning bush, called by God to deliver his people. Aaron, the high priest, he and his sons were blessed to carry out the great legacy and, and the lineage of occupying the priest's office. And even Miriam was a sister who helped to get her mother to be the caretaker for Moses as he was in the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. And also, when they uh, crossed the Red Sea, who was the one that led the singing? It was Miriam. The Bible says she was a prophetess. 
You see, they had great position as leaders, spiritual leaders, among the congregation of Israel. But as we see in this chapter in Numbers 12, they were going against each other. And uh, primarily two against one. And we see that the devil was fighting through the flesh and through indifferences and also even jealousy, jealousy and envy. And uh, so what family lesson could we learn from this passage today? I'd like to briefly share with you three helpful lessons that this family went through in their time of hardship. And let's uh, look at this outline. I know it seems a lot, but I hope this outline helps us. This is more like a Bible study type preaching. And I hope this outline helps us to understand the spiritual warfare at hand. And even godly and, and spiritual family like Moses and Aaron and Miriam, and, and where they saw, the God, uh, they saw God's favor and, and God's open door, you see, they were an exempt from the spiritual warfare. And, and I believe that we could also face the same and, and more so. And so first of all, the division. Let's talk about the division today. Many hurts, hardship, and trials can come from division. The more weary we, can, we, we get when there is strife. And the Bible says in Proverbs 17, verse 1, Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifice with strife. You know, it doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter how successful your wife, your husband is. If there's strife in the home, my friend, I guarantee you, it's not going the right direction. And you're wary of your marriage. Doesn't matter how smart your children are, and doesn't matter what kind of GPA they get, doesn't matter what kind of college they go to, if they're disobedient to their parents, it's a very rare thing. I'm just simply saying, as the Bible says, better is a dry morsel and kindness, quietness therewith. It doesn't matter the status of society, it doesn't matter how much you have or gain. And if your family is not right with God and, and if there's strife within the home, ladies and gentlemen, you are getting worn down. And, and I believe you're in every way going through some discouragement. Let's face the reality that maybe you need the Lord to restore your family. You need the Lord to restore your marriage. So we see the division here. We see that Aaron and Miriam had an accusation. Look at this accusation of strife. In verse 1, and Miriam, Aaron's, Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And uh, Moses was an Israelite, and, and he happened to, uh, not happened, I'm sorry, by God's plan, he dwelt in the wilderness for 40 years before he came back to Egypt to deliver God's people. And, uh, but he met uh, uh, an Ethiopian woman, and, and, and he got married to another culture, or, uh, another lady, and uh, not of the uh, household of uh, uh, Levi or even the household of Israel. And the Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses for this. And what was the reason for this strife? The reason was that Moses married a Gentile. And this could have been a cultural issue and racial issue and even social issue. But I believe all those are not good reason for any strife. By the way, who was a spiritual man in the book of Genesis that married a Gentile? That we revere so much? Joseph. He married an Egyptian. Where is the accusation for that? They all, I mean, they, in every way, 
probably honored, and they even carried the, uh, uh, the bones of Joseph. And so that they could bury Joseph in, in the promised land. And I, uh, I'm sure they honored Joseph, but now they have this strife. Now they have this issue and they bring it up. You married an Ethiopian woman. You married a non-Israelite. So this accusation had no profit. With this in mind, many families can have ill discernment in what issues to bring up within the family. Some issues are not worth bringing it up, God's people say. Why even bring it up, my friend? It's not even biblical. You're bringing it up so that maybe you could look better. You're bringing it up so that maybe you could look smarter. You're bringing it up because maybe uh, 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 there's some envy or maybe there's some uh, uh, disagreement that you had before and you want to prove them wrong. Much of it can be unspiritual and, un- and fleshly. It could be money situation. How much a husband makes, how much a wife makes, or maybe status in society, and, and who goes where, and what, and also who gets what, and, and, uh, and, and, and what property is yours, and what, what property is hers. And, and I'm just simply telling you, my friend, you know what? There's petty issues that families talk about, and they get fleshly, they have strife, they have arguments, and they have pride. And it's not worth talking. I remember I kind of shared this before. I was uh, uh, getting ready for bed. I took a shower, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 I was uh, going toward my bed, and then my wife was right by my charger, and, uh, and she was looking at my phone. And uh, I was kind of sitting down and kind of stood up and I said, Honey, why are you looking at my phone? You know, it's my phone. <laughs> and she looked at me. She said, Because I'm your wife. And I said, Thank you for that. I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> she was right. I'm just simply saying, you know, there's little issues here and there that we just bring up, and there's no reason for talking about it. Past things, too. Honey, don't you remember what you did 10 years ago? By the way, thank God Jesus Christ forgives and forget. Amen? I think we ought to do the same. As much as Christ forgiven us, we ought to forgive each other. We'll talk about that a little bit later uh, 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 in this message. But I'm just simply saying, you can't just bring up past things. You can't just bring up uh, 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 things uh, that has been gone, and let's not bring up petty issues, little issues that we already have maybe uh, uh, gone over. No, ladies and gentlemen, let us talk about the biblical issues. Let's talk about the spiritual issue. Let's talk about, hey, we haven't read the scripture in a long time. Let's read the Bible together. That's a good issue. We haven't gone to church together in a long time. Let's go to church together. Hey, we haven't witnessed and, and we haven't really uh, shared the gospel with another, uh, with another family member. Let's do that. And there's some good spiritual, weighty things we could talk about rather than petty things. And with these issues, I believe that we're ruining our family. And Miriam and Aaron was going in that direction. And this accusation was not because it has any validity, but it, in every way it was because of pride. Because of pride. Let's look at the next verse. Authority was the issue of this accusation. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. You know, why did they bring up this issue? What was a motivating factor? They had authority issue. 
When do people have authority issue? When they're very prideful. Miriam and Aaron, uh, 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 Aaron's striving factor was so that they could have more authority or higher authority. And this was a way of Lucifer. And he can influence to do the same with families all the time. And Job's wife going against her leadership, and uh, which was Job, curse God and die. And David's wife, Michal, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Michelle, uh, uh, speaking out against David for rejoicing and performing for the Lord. And Absalom going against his father and making insurrection. And all of this is due to pride. And Satan wants this type of accusations and this type of authority issue within our home. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. Let's read this together. Ready? Only by pride come in this contention, but with the wealth of vice is wisdom. Why do contentions happen? Why do we have strife? Why do we have arguments? Because of pride. Because of pride. And you might say, I'm not the issue. My wife is. She has too much pride. I'm not the issue. My husband, he has too much pride. You not worry about somebody else's pride. Make sure you're humble. Make sure you're humble before the Lord. And when you're humble before the Lord, I believe that God will give you favor. Humble yourself uh, uh, under the mighty hand of God, for he cared for you. And he will exalt you in due time. And ladies and gentlemen, let us be humble before God. Let us be humble before our family, so that we may avoid strife. Last year, the news reported about 21-year-old daughter suing her parents for college tuition. Sued her parents for $16,000. Her parents are divorced. But before this lawsuit, the daughter went to stay with her grandparents for two weeks. But she never came back to her house. Parents said, you need to come back. And she said, I'm not. A couple of years later, she is not suing her. Now, I'm sorry, a couple of years later, she is now suing her parents for money. The father found out where she attended college through Twitter. That's how bad it was. There was no communication at all. The parents and daughter were not in speaking term for two years. Where did it all start? A daughter going against authority. Pride. By the way, the New Jersey court ruled that parents must pay. How tragic. Their father said in an interview, and I quote, the most nights before I fall asleep, I have tears in my eyes thinking about the difficulty my family is going through. My daughter is suing her mother and me for $16,000 toward college tuition, and a judge has ruled in her favor. My daughter moved out, and I only ever see her in court. It's certainly not what I wanted for. Your family might not go through this type of terrible situation, but is there pride in the hearts of your children, in the hearts of your marriage? Because where your heart is, my friend, is the direction it's taking you. It's the heart issue. You need God's grace to heal your family. That means we've got to humble ourselves. Put away petty issues. Put away insignificant issues. Talk about the weightier issues, the, the commandments of the Lord, the spiritual law, the spiritual growth. And also along with that, be humble. Young people, I regret 
that I was not in every way obedient to my mother when I was growing up. And I didn't have my father, and, but even more so, I should have been more obedient to my mom. I regret that. I still sometimes have sometime, uh, I still sometimes have that little trait, and I have to fight the flesh. And I guarantee you, young people, if you're disobedient to your parents now, and you think 10 years later you have your own family, you think it's going to be better. No, it's not. Pride always grows. And strife always grows. You've got to fix it when it's little. You've got to fix it when it's showing. Make sure you don't reap the destruction of pride. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject to one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and give it grace to the humble. And you see, uh, as we think about Miriam and Aaron, they went against Moses, and, and Moses was the, the leader, not only for, I believe, Israel, but for his own family. And they had pride. And we see now that God intervenes because God hates pride. God resists pride. That doesn't mean he runs away from you. No, he fights against you. So we see the divine, the next point, the divine. God cannot stand pride or division. For he is one in perfect harmony of unity. God the, Son, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So in order to heal the situation, we got to be more like God. We have to uh, emulate His uh, wonderful divine attribute, and we must ask for His help. And uh, so as we think about the divine in this point, uh, let us think about meekness. I know I talked about humility just a moment ago, but let's further on talk about this wonderful topic of meekness. And I believe God wants to heal the family. God wants to heal your situation. But there must be somebody who, who, who is full of meekness. In verse 3, Now the man Moses was very meek above all that men which were upon the face of the earth. And his brother and sister were very prideful. We see that Moses was very humble. I wonder if you're meek and humble in your family today. Because there must be one person within the home who is humble. A humble person dies to self. They're not selfish. They don't have an agenda but love because love covers the multitude of sins. And also a humble person knows how to appease strife and anger and wrath because the Bible says in Proverbs chapter, one, chapter 15, verse 1, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stirred up anger. What kind of speech and words do you exchange within the family? Oh, when the accusation came, we see that Moses in every way did not have anything to say. He didn't fight against Aaron and Miriam. I believe that he was meek and quiet because soft answer turneth great wrath. He was the most humble and meek person in the world at that time. Now we'll see later on how this works in favor for Aaron and Miriam, Aaron and Miriam later on. But there must be somebody within the home who is meek. There must be somebody within the home who is going after the divine attribute of God, of humility. Did you know that Jesus Christ was humble? Did you know that he was nailed on the cross? Did you know that he was whipped with cat and nine tail? Did you know that he was mocked? Did you know he was spit upon? Did you know he was cursed when he did no sin? 
But Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do. How he was meek and humble and lowly. That's why he's able to reach out to this world and save souls because he was full of grace and truth. And ladies and gentlemen, we need somebody within the home who is like that. It must be a husband or a wife or even a child. And if you say, you know, my families are not even coming to church, I'm the only one that's come to church, then you'd be the spiritual one within the home. Now, don't, you know, uh, stand up and say, I'm the spiritual one here, I believe God. No, I don't think you ought to do that. I think you ought to make sure you follow the structure obedient to your parent. But I'm just simply saying there must be a humble person, a spiritual person who turns away wrath. That doesn't begin another addition to, uh, 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 that doesn't add to strife, that doesn't add to argument, that doesn't add to pride. Secondly, not, a, not only meekness, but mediator. There must be a mediator. You know, the Lord recognizes this. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, unto Aaron, and to Miriam, coming out three unto the tabernacle congregation, they three came out. And then he says in verse 7 and 8, My servant Moses is not so, and uh, who is faithful in all my house? With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God says, you know, I speak to people, and they will talk about dreams and different visions, but... I'm telling you right now, when I talk to Moses, I talk to him face to face. Like a friend speaks to a friend. God clarifies to Aram and Miriam, God actually puts the family in order. How? By recognizing a mediator. Don't you know that you're in the favor of God? You're in the favor of me because of Moses. Don't you know you have received the commandment of God? Don't you know that you received the laws of God because Moses was mediating for you? Moses is the great type of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank God for our Savior who, me, who is a mediator for our sins. Thank God He is always there, always interceding for us. And ladies and gentlemen, we ought to thank God for that. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, you know, all the things you have received and blessings within our homes and also that the wrath that we have avoided and even the punishment and the judgment we have avoided is because of Jesus Christ's grace and mercy. And do not ever, let's, let us never think that we have somewhat inherited because of our good works or our righteousness. No, it's because of the grace of God, because of our God who mediates for us. Ladies we have a mediator. There's a mediator for your home. Rely on God. Rely on the Lord. Rely on Jesus Christ. Go to the throne of grace. Commune with him. Speak to him. Intercede. Or have intercession. There must be a person in the family who's willing to do that, to go to Jesus. I think about Ezekiel 22, verse 30, And I saw for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. I wonder if there's somebody who is praying. I wonder if there's somebody that God has favored and somebody that God wants to have his blessing upon so that the family could be blessed. Oh, be that person today and go to Jesus. 
the ultimate mediator for us. Number three, let me, let me move on. I've got to move on. The departure. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. You know, when there is pride, God resists. He departs. But, and we see that God brings about a punishment. The punishment is, in verse 10, And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous. White as snow, and Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. It was probably one of the most worst disease a person can receive. And, but Miriam, through sin, she received a punishment. And we need to sometimes examine ourselves. And is there any sin in our family? And not everything can be justified in saying that our hard circumstances is a trial. No, we need to examine ourselves whether or not if we have sinned against God, maybe this is a reaping of it. I read in my devotion this past week in 1 John 1.10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Are you justifying your sin today? Maybe there are some things that you reap because of your sin. Oh, do not in any way be deceived and, and try to justify your own self. No, go to God and repent and examine yourself. Lord, is there anything that I have sinned against you? Maybe that's why my family is going this way. Maybe that's why my marriage is a shamble right now. We ought to say, in Psalms, as, as the psalmist said in Psalm 26, verse 2, Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. You might think, how dare you propose that? It can't be my fault. Really? Is that the Spirit speaking or is that pride speaking? May God deliver us from pride. When God, when God burdens you that there is a sin in your family and you try to justify yourself and reason against Him, you make God a liar. That's what my Bible says. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure that we are in every way filled with the Spirit of God and, and that we are humble and, and also we are able to examine ourselves and we go to God and say, examine me, O God. Number two of this point, we have received punishment through our sin, but we see the plea. We see the plea. God is always forgiving. Verses 11 through 13, And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, wherein we have, not sin, wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, whom the flesh is half consumed, and he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 10, verse 17, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble that will prepare their, prepare their heart, that will cause thine ear to hear. So Aaron prays for Miriam and God in every way, answers not only Aaron, but Moses. Because also Moses says, he cries out and says, heal her now, heal her now. And God answers that prayer. And Miriam is taken out of the camp for seven days, and and she restored after those days, and God spares her life. And ladies and gentlemen, Thank God Jesus forgives. Amen? Jesus forgives. doesn't matter what you have done in the past. doesn't matter what kind of fault that your family had. Jesus forgives. Jesus forgives my family's sin. Jesus forgives my pride. Isaiah 55, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his faith from you that he will not hear. 
Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You might be praying about something in your life right now, but if there's sin, a known sin God reveals to you and you don't confess it, God says, I can't hear those other requests. I can't do it. We've got to resolve this issue. We've got to resolve this sin issue. He can save your family. He can restore your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, your family. Plead to God. Pray to God. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we have asked anything according to his will, he heareth us. If we know that he hears us, what's where we ask? We know that we have the petition we desire to him. You know, God wants to hear. That's the great thing about it. You know, we don't have to earn this so that God will hear. No. If you just go to God in humility and say, God, forgive me. God wants to hear that. God wants to hear you say, I'm sorry, God. I forgive me. Forgive me. As we think about Moses, you know, Moses prayed for Miriam. Moses did not hold a grudge. Moses didn't say, oh, Miriam, you deserve that. How dare you go against me? How dare you go against the congregation of Israel? How dare you go against God? How unspiritual you are, you get what you get. She didn't, he didn't do that. He had much compassion and sympathy. You know, we need more grace within our home. If your wife makes a mistake, give grace. The Bible says to the husband, not to the wife, to the husband. You gotta love your wife as Christ loved the church and what? Gave himself for it. That's sacrificial love. That's the love that God demands for the husband and the wife to submit themselves to their husbands as the church is to Christ. They're both sacrificial. They're both sacrificial. And God wants to bless your family. And God wants to help your family. But unless there is sacrifice and grace, God cannot enter. There is pride. There is arrogance. There is strife. There is arguments. And God wants to enter and help you. And which family member are you not forgiving? Which family member are you just letting go and giving up on? Family of grace we need. Family of grace we need. Moses displays the grace for Miriam. And I hope we do the same. And let us always abound in the grace of God. God in every way can do great things within our home, within our family. Let us pray for our family. Let us pray for our children. Let us pray for our marriage. Did you pray for your wife today? Did you pray for your husband today? Did you pray for your children today? Did you pray? Or are you going to pray? We got to pray. We got to ask for God's blessing. We got to be humble. We got to make sure that we're going after Christ.